Since you enjoy this show, I thought I'd throw out there another podcast you might like. It's a show about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process. It's the Design Better podcast. And in each episode, hosts Eli Woolery and Aaron Walter bring you conversations with inspiring creative thinkers like John Cleese and David Sedaris, people who bring design and technology together like Tony Fadal, co-inventor of the iPhone and the iPod. So far, some standout episodes for me have been when they talk to John Cleese of Monty Python about creativity. That is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite people. Then also one of my favorite musicians, Tycho, about his creative process. And they talk with Seth Godin about how creativity is an act of generosity. I've always been fascinated by design, the creativity behind it, the implementation of it, both to improve our lives from a functionality and user interface standpoint, also from an artful bringing beauty into the world approach. So whether you're a design curious person like me or a design pro, Design Better is a great listen that inspires and informs. Subscribe to the Design Better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com or in your favorite podcast app like the one you're using right now. Hello, Eric Fisher here, taking you on a walk with me this morning. And there's a reason for that. So if you've been listening to the last two episodes, which if you've not listened to those yet, I strongly suggest you hit pause on this and go back and listen to the last two episodes about sleep. The first one was with Dr. Michael Bruce, and the second one was with Sean Stevenson. And based on the two conversations there, as well as other experimentation that I've been doing, uh, the last solo show I did was way back in June or July. July. Uh, the, the experiment was in June. And anyway, I, I want to pull things together here. Here's a, it's, the, it's the end of December. It's the end of the year. Uh, in fact, the next episode is going to be all about resolutions with Ryan McRae. So look for that. But, uh, yeah, I have been thinking a lot about sleep lately and trying to get better sleep lately for a lot of reasons. A lot of those reasons were stated in the last two episodes. But uh, let me give you a personal story first. So recently we moved uh, twice, once when we sold our house. And the second time was when uh, we moved out of the place we were staying temporarily and moved into the place that we are now renting uh, for a while. And so I was not uh, getting the greatest of sleep. Uh, In fact, there was a a season there of a a few weeks where, one, I would either have kind of like weird eye twitches during the day, which is really annoying, and no amount of uh, naps or medicine or caffeine would take away that eye twitch. On top of the fact that uh, I was waking up at about 4 to 5 o'clock every morning. And no, it was not intentional. I was not getting up to perform a 5 a.m. miracle. I wanted the sleep. I needed the sleep. And I was waking up that early. And even if I'd gone to bed, somehow forced myself to go to bed early at about 9. So you can imagine the uh, fascination with sleep um, and the 
conversations that I've had with those recent uh, podcast interviewees, Dr. Michael Bruce and Sean Stevenson. So, uh, why am I outside walking right now? Well, according to my chronotype, I'm a bear. And so, I need to get up with about the sunrise and get sun. Um, Unfortunately, this time of year right now, the sun is not up until about 8 o'clock. And I am nowhere near uh, the ability to sleep until 8 o'clock. I wish I could. That'd be great. Uh, I'd go to bed at midnight and get up at 8 and... You know, but uh, kids and life necessitate other options happening. So, uh, what I've been doing to unpack what I've learned from Dr. Michael Bruce's book is, uh, which is The Power of uh, Time, or uh, yeah, anyway, I forget because I'm walking here, I don't have it in front of me. But, anyways, uh, his book, uh, All About Chronotypes, which is awesome. In fact, I, I lent it to a friend of mine. Um, by knowing my chronotype and knowing that, uh, I need to get, uh, and my doctor has even told me so in the past, I need to get as much, uh, sunlight as I can during this type or this time of year, which is the time of year where there's the least amount of sunlight out. So that can be a struggle for me. Uh, so what I was doing is I was unpacking, not only Dr. Michael Bruce's stuff, but Sean Stevenson's stuff without having known it before talking to him. And so what I did was, um, I started to, uh, get up first thing in the morning at about five or five thirty or six, depending upon, see, and I was letting myself sleep to like seven and the, my internal body clock was still waking me up too early. So I said to myself, well, if I'm up this early already, then I'm going to already have my workout stuff ready. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk. Uh, I'm either going to walk outside if it's nice or like today. Uh, it's pretty cold out, but I decided to uh, do the walk around the neighborhood thing, even with the snow. Uh, you can occasionally hear the crunches. <laughs> but uh, the other option is I'll get up and I'll jump in the car and I'll have my stuff ready to go. And I will go to the gym. And so the sun is starting to come up at that point. But uh, if nothing else, I'm getting out into the light, I'm getting out into the gym, and I'm warming my body up with physical activity first thing in the morning. And so by getting the serotonin levels up first thing in the morning, as well as warming my body up first thing in the morning, I'm waking myself up sooner and better and faster. I'm getting to bed sooner. So even if my body, which has still at times woken me up at about 4 or 4.30 or 5, or 5.30, way before the 6 to 6.30 uh, sleep alarm that I have. Uh, yeah, I'm at least getting a higher quality of sleep. I feel like I'm a little bit better rested and doing a little bit better there. I'm also then, after getting home from working out, taking some time to uh, get some coffee a little bit, starting with harder stuff in the day and then having an actual caffeine curfew like Sean Stevenson suggests the half-life of caffeine (laughs) being about eight hours apparently so at about two o'clock I am pretty much cutting off caffeine intake altogether or if I know I'm just dragging then 
Uh, I'm actually using other methods to kind of get my heart rate up. Like I'll get up and uh, depending upon where I am working at that time, whether it's the co-working space or it's at home or a coffee shop, I know based on where I am. So for example, the coffee shop, I can get up and I can go outside. And even if it's cold out, uh, actually almost better if it's cold out, (laughs) I'll get to Uh, a more brisk walk-on to warm myself up as well as wake myself up in multiple ways that way instead of having a coffee. Um, Constant hydration. So this goes back to the the rules. Remember the rules episode? The rules for my experiment. Uh, I'll run through them real quick here. Number one, uh, drinking as much water as I possibly can. Drinking so much water during the first front two-thirds of the day that uh, my brain doesn't have headaches, I'm pretty hydrated, I'm thinking clearly, I'm feeling good, I'm suppressing uh, nervous twitch appetite type stuff. And during that month of June, from front to back, uh, I had lost 20 pounds. Um, And uh, I was also cutting out caffeine for the most part. There was a few times there where I took like uh, black coffee, black because I was cutting out sugar as much as possible, or in total as well. And I was pretty much working out six out of seven days a week. And that's what I'm doing right now, is my YMCA, where I go, is open six out of seven days, Sunday being the day they're closed. And so that's what I do. And if uh, on that seventh day I'd like to rest, like a Sabbath, hence the Rob Bell podcast, which was awesome, um, I can but mostly just to get my heart rate up and be part again of my morning ritual, not so much training my body or anything like that. So uh, let's see. So where were we? Um, So getting up and doing that. And as far as the chronotype thing goes, I'm still trying to figure out uh, how my day works out best from Dr. Michael Bruce's book. Uh, But I will say that by using his stuff as well as Sean Stevenson's uh, stuff about getting better sleep. Sleep's the key, guys. Sleep is the key, everybody. Getting better sleep is what is doing way more for me now than the exercise. And you might say, well, but you're doing the exercise too, so technically you're kind of cheating. You're doing sleep and exercise at the same time. Well, maybe. Maybe I am. I don't know. But what I know I'm doing is I'm setting myself up for a better year next year. And uh, one of the things that I noticed was that uh, when I started doing the exercise, I also started doing a morning, a morning ritual again where I was weighing myself first thing in the morning. And uh, when I started, I looked at the scale and I was like, no, that can't be right. And uh, yeah, it was. It was true. I had not gained anything since... Uh, I had lost all that weight, that 20 pounds, uh, middle of this year. And so I was able to continue to push that down and I've actually lost more, uh, here at the end of this year, which is pretty cool. So I'm ending 2016 lighter than I started it. And that's awesome. Um, trying to think of what else here. So caffeine curfew, that's part of it. Definitely making sure that I don't have caffeine still in my system as much as possible in the winding down time of the evening, which for me, based on my chronotype, is between 8 o'clock and 10 p.m. 
in the evening. And I don't have like a strict like, no, I must be in bed at such and such time. Because one night a week on Wednesday nights, uh, I meet up with some friends and we do a thing called West Wing Wednesdays where we watch old episodes of the West Wing at 9 a.m. or 9 p.m. And we usually we, we've gotten we've gotten better at it where we only watch one instead of like two or three. Um, so I'm even on those nights, I'm done with that at about 10, 1030 and get home between 1030, 11 at the latest and pretty much I'm ready for bed because uh, unlike earlier months, uh, I'm not having caffeine and I'm not drinking tons of sugar or eating tons of food at that point. I have that. One of the other rules was having that uh, eating curfew, I guess, is a way to put it. And so I still don't do that now. And that's, you know, again, having good sleep, having good exercise and activity. And then for me, and I suspect for a lot of people out there, not having tons of late night snacks where you pack the pounds on like a bear, like me, chronotype wise. That's one of the keys right there for me is to not do that. So I will continue to have that kind of boundary of no, you know what? I've, I've had enough. Uh, I've front loaded my calories of the day. I eat a really good, uh, breakfast that's decently, uh, packed with protein first thing in the morning. Uh, lunch is a little bit lighter cause I do not want to have, uh, <laughs> fatigue in the afternoon. Although right after lunch is when I'll kind of have maybe a second coffee. So I'm ahead of the caffeine curfew. And then, uh, dinner, I try to either limit the portions or go light on the, uh, you know, what, what manner of food it is. So opting for salads or, you know, again, lighter portions. If there's something there that's, that's good, (laughs) uh, just going lighter on that. And Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. One other thing that I do that I've been trying to do is uh, when it comes to, this is kind of a thing, a cheat that I found from uh, Tim Ferriss, is, you know, having that quote-unquote cheat day from his slow-carb diet. Um, Write down the things that you have as like a sudden craving sometime. Write it down and treat it as if it's something that you would like to purchase and that you're not going to just go out and purchase on a whim, but that you're going to save up your money for. And then you select a certain day of the week 
Maybe it's your, your day of rest. Maybe it's your Sabbath day, the day that you don't do work and intentionally recharge. Maybe that's the day that you decide, that's the day I'm going to have that really big, you know, four or five pieces of pizza or, you know, something along those lines. Maybe that's the day for that. And I've been doing that uh, for the most part, and that's worked out pretty well also. Uh, But yeah, just thinking in terms of um, what to do uh, when you wake up and what to do when you're preparing to lay down. And again, you first have to figure out, okay, what's your chronotype? So you know when, you know, what time of morning and what time of evening are best for you when it comes to setting up these rituals and routines that will set you up for starting your day well, as well as set you up for having great sleep in the evening. Another thing uh, that comes in as far as curfews go, (laughs) screen curfew. And I know there's this whole idea of the blue light and the orange light and the, the, uh, the nighttime mode and all that kind of stuff when it comes to television screens and laptops and cell phones especially. And uh, I'm going to take a little trip down uh, a certain alleyway here, uh, not figuratively, not, not literally, figured, figuratively, metaphorically. Um, I have been thinking for a while now that even though I use this sleep alarm clock on my phone, that uh, I want to get my phone away from me uh, and not near my bed anymore. I want to not even have the option to pick it up. Uh, it's just not good. I have at times, and I'm you know not proud of this, but more often than I would like, reached for the phone first thing in the morning and flipped around on it and done stuff on it in bed. And, or as I'm laying down, I'm still staring at a screen, even if the light is not as blue as it could be, it's still a screen. And uh, my wife and I have been trying to work on this with our kids. Last night I did an experiment where they were actually wearing orange goggles <laughs> that I had got off Amazon. And they both went to bed pretty quickly. So uh, I think that that's partially uh, a help there. But I, So I, I've been thinking, I want to get an alarm, a real alarm clock. Something that's going to sit by my bed that's going to tell me the time in the night. And it will be a way for me that if I am awake, that it's really dim and it's not, you know, blinding me with light, but that, uh, it also has a, uh, like a vibrate mode. So I found one. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes. I found this. It's really cool. It's an, I love the brand is I love I L U V. And it's like a time shaker or a time master or something like that. But it has this little plug-in thing. And then a little like vibration disc kind of a thing. And you put it under your pillow and you plug that in and then it will vibrate underneath your uh, pillow as your alarm so that you don't wake up a spouse or significant other, etc. Which is important to me because typically I'm waking up before my wife and it's not in my best interest to have her hear my alarm and be slightly woken up in the morning before it's her time to get up. That is something that I have learned. And so what I have been doing on my sleep cycle phone is, you know, it does that thing where it says, uh, between this time and this time. And I set it for a half hour that if it's between that half hour and it hears me microphone wise, 
that uh, I am awake or rustling or whatever to go ahead and vibrate on my nightstand. And it's quiet enough as it starts that typically within two to three vibrations or so, I hear it. And the other thing is, is that typically I am up before then anyway. I usually beat my alarm clock. And uh, in a good way. In a good way, I beat my alarm clock. Because, uh, of course, there's days where I do and I don't want to be up yet. Like, again, uh, when did I have it set for this morning? Between 6 and 6.30. And it was about 5.45, 5.30. And I wanted to sleep longer. And I did. I didn't get out of bed right away. But again, that's, this is all the training. I'm training myself. I'm training myself to get better sleep, etc. And again, keep in mind, time of year, huge deal when it comes to this. Uh, right now, for, so for example, what I'm doing right now is I am out walking to get more sun in uh, my body and in my eyes, even though I'm bundled up. And uh, I'm realizing that come spring, when the time change happens and uh, there's more time of the day with more sun that in a sense my body is going to uh, soak up so much more of that my, my, my doctor said if you can afford it once a week or no once a year when it's real cold out and dark here get away somewhere for a week and get up get as much sun as you can and uh, aside from that though uh, getting as much sun as you can within reason uh, during the day is, is good so one of the other things that I've learned is that uh, I like to work at some of these coffee shops and position myself to where I am sitting near windows and seeing uh, the, the daylight in uh, come in and, and give me a boost. So so there's that. Let's see, what's, what's next on my agenda here? Cyber loafing. That's one of the things that I think uh, I was unaware of happening as much as it was. And now I'm not doing that so much nearly as I used to. And, uh, excuse my sniffing, but I am walking outside in like 20 degree weather with a hat on and a coat, etc. <laughs> but I am glad to have brought you along on this cyber loafing. Uh, Sean Stevenson, he described that as basically getting online and just spending time flipping channels, if you will. And that is definitely something that I have done, especially when you work on devices, uh, cell phones or tablets or laptops or even desktops, as much as I have over the past 10, 15 years. That's one of those things where if you're tired, it's as if you have no self-control. You are effectively drunk in some ways during, during your day due to lack of sleep. And so even if you get caffeine in yourself, you're, you're now a jittery drunk. And uh, what, what we've got to do is we've got to get better sleep. Better sleep, more sleep, all of the above to cure that. And I am seeing that now, that my anxiety of, oh my gosh, what was it I was doing? I was supposed to be doing this and now I'm in Wikipedia looking at something. And and I'm not saying that like, oh my gosh, guys, like every free moment I have, I found myself sitting on random web pages. That's not the case. But it has happened more in the past than it has happened recently. And I've been able to slow down 
intentionally go into the internet, use it productively, and then exit it as much as possible, and then work on stuff offline. One of the things that I found is uh, printing out a template uh, for myself and on, on a piece of paper and printing that and having that and taking that to a coffee shop and having my laptop with me, yes, but sitting there and writing things down in that template allows me to have non-digital work time and really free up that, that side of my brain, that piece of my brain and uh, keep me from having distractions. One other thing that I've tr- uh, tried is uh, FB purity or Facebook purity or uh, fluff busting purity. <laughs> it is a, I'll put the link in the show notes, but what it does is it's a plugin for Facebook for your browsers. And I've effectively turned off my Facebook news feed. Yeah, you heard me, dog. Uh, Facebook news feed where when I go to Facebook, my news feed's there for about a second or two. But uh, then it's gone, and it doesn't come back. And why is that a good thing? Well, because if you go to Facebook, if you have to do, if you have to use Facebook for any type of work-related thing, which I do, uh, and this would work even if you're not using it for a work-related incident, but uh, if you are using Facebook for work especially, and you're going there to do a specific thing, and you suddenly open Facebook, and you land on your newsfeed, then you're going to be distracted, most likely, because you'll start swiping through to see who's done what or whatever. And uh, so by eliminating that, it got uh, a lot clearer and a lot more focused uh, time-wise and was able to eliminate that uh, distraction. So, So, yeah, I would highly suggest trying that out and seeing if that works for you. It definitely uh, worked for me and uh, I've even buried the majority of the Facebook apps, uh, Facebook and social media apps, I should say, uh, buried them in a folder and not on the first page of that folder, but second level. So (laughs) if I'm on my phone, I'm not got quick two second uh, access to my news feed or notifications or anything. And by the way, if you're if you get notifications turned on, turn them off. Seriously. But anyway, if you if you uh, so for me intentionally, I am not going and spending time on Facebook other than like say once or twice a day, and I just kind of go through and see what's there. Been liking it a lot more that way, where I'm not wired for constant contact. It's just not my thing, you know, and working in social media, that can be a little bit difficult. It's not my favorite piece of that whole scenario <laughs> often. So, um, and I'm sure that's contributing to better sleep as well. Not having a, as much of a wired, you know, intention. Uh, I think I, I think I started this conversation part here, um, with evening and, uh, you know, screen time. And what I've decided is that, uh, past a certain point, like I don't use social media at all in the evenings. So at about eight o'clock or so, no more Facebook, no more, no more anything, even if I was using it. And the reason for that is to quiet your mind. 
I will allow myself to uh, brainstorm and have, you know, if, if my brain needs to be quieted, well, the only way that's going to happen is if I do the brain dump slowly in the evenings. I will allow myself to watch TV between like 8 and 9 or even 9.30. And uh, that works out pretty well, I think. I've been better, we've been better, my wife and I, at not watching TV as late in the evenings or uh, what I really want to get to in 2017 is doing a lot more reading in the evenings. And I, and I do mean reading of like tangible books. So, um, let's see, I'm trying to think of where else we can go with this. So caffeine curfew, um, just pacing yourself, having margin. So figuring out your chronotype, getting better sleep by setting up start a better start to your day, a better, better middle of your day in terms of ordering your tasks and what types they are, and then uh, a better evening ritual to eventually then get better sleep, which then compounds into a better next day, and so on and so on. And not doing an overcompensating thing on the weekends where you have like a huge two to three hour nap. Um, I actually skipped naps all together this past weekend. Naps are a pretty typical thing in my house on the weekend, especially on a Sunday. Um, and by the way, the last two Saturdays or so, uh, my friend Todd and I have gone and done what we call this productivity pub crawl. Well, there will be an op- an episode of this podcast dedicated to what that is, how we implemented it, how we did it the first time, how we changed it up the second time, and uh, let's see if we do it again this Thurs- this uh, Saturday, but we've done it in uh, shifts, and I won't go too much into it. I'll leave you hanging on that as a teaser for a future episode in January. But uh, yeah, so I'm curious to see where you're at with your sleep. How much sleep do you think you need? How much are you getting? What kind of quality sleep are you getting? Um, How often in a night are you getting up? You could use an app like Sleep Cycle on my phone that I've been using to kind of monitor that type of, of stuff. But yeah, I'm curious to see where you're at with this. I know where I'm at. My goal is to get amazingly better sleep than I have been in the past and really start 2017 much more rested and much more focused this year, much more peaceful and uh, much more intentional. So, well, my walk is done. I'm standing here in the calm peace, seeing flurries come down with a light gray sky, trees with no leaves, a little bit of a breeze, and some light flurries. And, uh, yeah, I I hope that you enjoy uh, the last two episodes about sleep and that you have uh, a good closeout of 2016 as you listen to the next episode coming up after this one with Ryan McRae. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next episode.
Beyond the To Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at Noodle. dot mx.